0: Section Seven of Five Years of My Life, eighteen ninety four, eighteen ninety nine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sue Anderson. Five Years of My Life, eighteen ninety four, eighteen ninety nine, by Alfred Dreyfus, translated from the French. Section 7. The Devil's Island Diary, May ninth to July 14th, 1895. Wednesday, May ninth, 1895. Constant rains, stifling, heavy, nerve-irritating weather. Oh, my nerves, how they make me suffer! To think that my whole energy of mind and body can only prolong this dying by inches in a wilderness. But I will have my day yet. The author of the infamous crime will surely be unmasked some day. Oh, if I had hold of him for only five minutes, I would make him undergo some of the torture which he has made me endure. I would tear out his heart without pity. Saturday, June first, eighteen ninety five, the mail-boat from Cayenne has just passed before my eyes. Shall I at last have recent news of my wife and children? Since I left France, that is, since the 20th of February, I have had no tidings of my dear ones. What abominable torture! Sunday, June 2nd, 1895. Nothing, nothing, neither letters nor news of them. Always the silence of the grave. But strong in my conscience and in my right, I will hold out. "'Monday, June third, 1895. "'I have just seen the mail-steamer pass by, "'sailing for France. "'My heart beat almost to breaking. "'The mail will bring you, dearest Lucy, "'my last letters, in which I cry to you, "'Courage, and courage again. "'All France must learn that I am a victim "'and not a miscreant. "'A traitor! "'At the very word all my blood rushes to my head. "'Everything in me trembles with rage.' a traitor, the lowest of the low. Oh, no, I must live. I must master my sufferings that I may see the day of the full and acknowledged triumph of my innocence. Wednesday, June fifth, 1895. How long the hours are. I have no more paper to write on, in spite of my repeated requests for the past three weeks. Neither have I anything to read, or to help me to escape from my thoughts. No news from my dear ones for three months and a half. Friday, June seventh, 1895. I have just received some paper and also a few magazines. Torrents of rain today. Under the tension of my thoughts, my brain aches fearfully. Sunday, June ninth, 1895. Still no letters from my dear ones. My heart bleeds. Everything wounds me. Death would be a deliverance. Yet... I have no right to think of it. Wednesday, June twelfth, 1895. At last I have received letters from my wife and family. How I can feel between every line the grief and frightful sorrow of all those dear ones. The letters arrived here at the end of March and must certainly have been sent back to France. So it takes more than three months for mail to reach me, i reproach myself for having written distressing letters to my wife when i first arrived here i should have known how to bear my cross alone rather than to inflict a share of my sufferings upon those who have a cruel burden of their own there is always this constant unheard-of incomprehensible suspicion adding ever to the wounds of my lacerated heart when he brought my mail the commandant of the island said to me they ask at paris whether you or your family have not agreed on a secret correspondence code look for it i said what else do they think oh he replied they do not appear to believe in your innocence ah i hope to live long enough to answer all the infamous calumnies which have sprung from the imaginations of people blinded by hate passion and prejudice so sooner or later THERE MUST COME TO ALL THE UNESCAPABLE CONVICTION OF THE TRUTH, NOT ONLY CONCERNING MY CONDEMNATION, BUT CONCERNING ALSO ALL THAT HAS BEEN SAID AND DONE SINCE. I HAVE RECEIVED MY KITCHEN UTENSILS AND, FOR THE FIRST TIME, canned FOOD FROM CAYENNE. MATERIAL LIFE IS A MATTER OF INDIFFERENCE TO ME, BUT BY TAKING IT INTO ACCOUNT I SHALL BE BETTER ABLE TO KEEP UP MY STRENGTH. The convicts are to come for a few days to do some work on the island. So they shut me up in my hut for fear that I shall communicate with them. Oh, the hatefulness of man! Here I interrupt my diary to give a few extracts from my wife's letters, which I received on June 12th. These letters had really reached Cayenne at the end of March, and then been sent back to France to be read by the colonial ministry, as well as by the Ministry of War. Later my wife was told that she would have to leave at the Colonial Ministry on the 25th of each month the letters which she wished sent to me. She was forbidden to mention in these letters my case or events relating to it, even such as were matters of public discussion. Her letters were read, studied, passed through many hands, and often suppressed entirely. Those that reached me could, of course, contain nothing of a private character. Finally, owing to this rigid censorship, she was obliged to refrain from even mentioning any of the efforts made to discover the truth, lest those who were interested in our ruin and in smothering the facts should turn the information thus acquired to their own uses. Paris, February twenty third, 1895 I WAS DEEPLY MOVED WHEN I LEARNED UPON MY RETURN THAT YOU HAD LEFT THE ILE DE RAY. YOU WERE VERY FAR FROM ME, IT IS TRUE, AND YET I COULD SEE YOU EVERY WEEK, AND I LONGED FOR THOSE INTERVIEWS. I READ YOUR SUFFERINGS IN YOUR EYES, AND DREAMED ONLY OF LESSENING THEM FOR YOU A LITTLE. NOW I HAVE BUT A SINGLE HOPE, A SINGLE DESIRE, TO JOIN YOU AND EXHORT YOU TO PATIENCE, AND, BY THE FORCE OF MY LOVE AND TENDERNESS, TO HELP YOU AWAKE CALMLY the hour of rehabilitation. This is now the last stage of your suffering. I hope at least that on the boat during the long voyage you have met humane persons who will pity and respect an innocent man and martyr. Not a second passes, my adored husband, that my thoughts are not with you. My days and nights drag on in continual anxiety for you. Only think, I know nothing about you, And shall know nothing until you arrive. Paris, February 26th, 1895. Day and night I think of you. I share your sufferings. Imagine my burden of spirit when I think of you so far away, sailing on the sea where storms may come to increase your moral torture by physical suffering. By what fatality are we doomed to such an ordeal? If I could but be near you and help you to bear your sorrow, I HAVE ASKED THE COLONIAL MINISTER FOR PERMISSION TO JOIN YOU, AND SINCE THE LAW ALLOWS THE WIVES AND CHILDREN OF TRANSPORTED CONVICTS TO ACCOMPANY THEM, I DO NOT SEE HOW HE CAN REFUSE ME THIS. I AM WAITING FOR THE ANSWER WITH FEVERISH IMPATIENCE. PARIS, FEBRUARY twenty-eighth, 1895. I CANNOT TELL YOU THE GRIEF I FEEL AS THE DISTANCE THAT DIVIDES US GROWS GREATER AND GREATER. MY DAYS PASS IN DREADFUL THOUGHTS my nights in frightful dreams. Only our children, with their pretty ways, their freshness of soul, can recall me to the one compelling duty I must fulfill, and remind me that I have no right to give way. So I gather strength and put my whole soul into bringing them up as you always desired, following your wise counsels, and endeavoring to mold their characters in nobleness and purity, and when you return you shall find them such as you had dreamed of guiding them to be. Paris, March fifth, 1895. With my last letter I forwarded to you a package of magazines of every kind that may interest you and help you as far as possible to find the hours a little less long while waiting for the good tidings of the discovery of the guilty man. If only, may God grant it, the life awaiting you there be not too painful, if only you do not lack what is absolutely necessary to sustain your body, to endure the rigorous existence imposed upon you. Since your departure from France, my suffering is doubled. I should be a thousand times less wretched if I could be with you. Then I should at least know how you are, the state of your health and energy, and on this score my anxiety would be at rest. Lucy. Continuation of my diary. Saturday, June fifteenth, 1895. This whole week I have stayed shut up in my hut because of the presence of the convicts who came to work at the guards' quarters. Nothing but suffering. Wednesday, June nineteenth, 1895. Dry heat. The rainy season is near its end. I am all covered with pimples from the bites of mosquitoes and all sorts of insects. But... That is nothing. What are physical sufferings as compared to the horrible tortures of the soul? Merely infinitesimal. It is the anguish of brain and soul that cries aloud. When will they discover the guilty one? When shall I know at last the truth of all this? Shall I live to know it? Doubt of it assails me. I feel myself falling into black depths of despair. Then I ask myself— What of my poor Lucy and my children? No, I will not abandon them. With all the strength that in me lies, so long as I have a shadow of vitality, I will keep faith with those who belong to me. I must make whole my honor and the honor of my children. Saturday, June twenty-second, 11 o'clock, Evening impossible to sleep for hours after being shut up since half-past six in the evening. Then, all night long, there are constant goings and comings in the guard-room, and continual noise of doors roughly opened and then bolted. First the guard on duty is relieved every two hours. Besides this, another comes every hour to sign the book in the guard-room. These movements, this rattling of locks, have come to be a part of my nightmares." WHEN WILL THE END COME OF SO UNENDURABLE A SITUATION? TUESDAY, JUNE 25, 1895 AGAIN, THE CONVICTS BEING AT WORK ON THE ISLAND, I AM CONFINED TO MY HUT. FRIDAY, JUNE 28, 1895 ALWAYS SHUT IN BECAUSE THE CONVICTS ARE HERE. BY SHEER WILL I SUCCEED IN WORKING AT ENGLISH THREE OR FOUR HOURS A DAY, but the rest of the time my thoughts are always harking back to the horrible tragedy. It often seems to me that my heart and brain must burst. Saturday, June ninth, 1895. I have just seen the mail boat outward bound for France. How the word thrills through my soul. To think that my country, to which I had consecrated all the forces of my being, can believe me to be so vile. Ah, my burden is sometimes too heavy for human shoulders to bear. Thursday, July fourth, 1895. I have not had strength enough to write these days. I have been so upset by the long delay in the arrival of fairly recent letters from my wife. The latest letters were dated the 25th of May. There is nothing new, The guilty man has not been discovered. I suffer my family's torment as if it were all my own. I do not speak of my thousand and one daily miseries, which are like so many wounds to a lacerated heart. But I will not give up. I must communicate my own energy to my wife. I will succeed in my resolve to preserve the honor of my name and my children's. HERE ARE A FEW EXTRACTS FROM THE LETTERS WHICH CAME FROM MY WIFE AT THIS TIME. PARIS, MARCH twenty-fifth, 1895. I HOPE THIS LETTER WILL FIND YOU IN GOOD HEALTH. FOR MY PART, I AM awaiting WITH THE GREATEST IMPATIENCE FOR NEWS OF YOUR ARRIVAL. IT CANNOT BE LONG DELAYED, FOR IT HAS BEEN THREE WEEKS SINCE YOU STARTED ON THE WAY. WHAT A CALVARY YOU HAVE ENDURED, AND WHAT AWFUL MOMENTS YOU STILL MUST PASS THROUGH BEFORE WE GET AT THE TRUTH. Paris march twenty seventh, eighteen ninety five. My heart is rent asunder when I think of your sufferings, and of your grief alone in exile, and having not one soul near to uphold you and give you hope and courage. I long so to be near you and share your grief, and to lessen it a little by my presence. In spirit I am far more in the Ill de Salute than here. I live there with you, I seek to see you in those forlorn islands and to imagine your life. Paris, April 6, 1895. I read this morning with emotion the story of your arrival at the Ile du Salut. According to the newspapers, the Ile du Diable has been reserved for you. But although the news of your arrival has reached France, I have heard so far nothing from you. I cannot tell you what my sufferings are, thus separated completely from the husband whom I so love, totally deprived of news, and not knowing how you are bearing up. Your wonderful self-sacrifice, your courage, and the energy of your soul give us strength to carry out the task which is imposed on us. That we shall bring it to a successful end, I feel certain. Paris, April twelfth, 1895. Never any news from you. It will soon be two months since I saw you, and there has been nothing, absolutely nothing, not a line of your handwriting to bring me something of yourself. It is very hard. Paris, April 21, 1895 The 21st of April, what joyful memories it recalls to me. Five years ago today, we were happy. Four years and a half of perfectly contented and delightful existence passed by. We knew only happiness. Then, all at once, the frightful slipping away of all— HAVE I NOT ALWAYS TOLD YOU I HAD NO UNFULFILLED WISHES, THAT I POSSESSED ALL, AND NOW I HAVE NOT BUT WISHES. I CRY TO GOD WITH UNCEASING SUPPLICATIONS THAT THIS YEAR MAY BRING OUR HAPPINESS BACK TO US, THAT OUR HONOR THAT HAS BEEN STOLEN FROM US MAY BE RESTORED, THAT YOU MAY FIND ONCE MORE JOY AND STRENGTH. PARIS, APRIL twenty-fourth, 1895 so far I have received nothing from you. My heart is crushed. Each morning I hope and wait. Each evening I lie down with the same disappointment. Ah, my poor heart, how it is torn! Paris, April twenty-fifth, 1895. I have just passed the most terrible day of my life. A newspaper has announced that you are ill. What I endured on reading this is beyond all description. To feel that you were there, ill and alone, not to have even the comfort of caring for you, it was agony. My soul was whelmed in darkness, and in my distraction I appealed to the Minister of Colonies. The news was false. When will your first letter reach me? I wait for it with childish impatience. Paris, May fifth, 1895 The letter I have been expecting from you with such impatience ever since your arrival has not yet come. Ever since I have known that the French mail was in, since the 23rd of April, my heart beats fast at the postman's every visit, and each time I have the same disappointment. It is the same way with my permit to go to join you. The Minister of Colonies has not yet answered my two successive demands, which date from the month of February what am I to do, what to think? Your little Pierre every evening prays ardently that you may return soon. The poor little fellow, so accustomed to have everything in life smile on him, does not understand why his wishes are not respected. He repeats his prayer twice, for fear that he has not said it well enough. Paris, May ninth, 1895. At last I have received a letter from you. I cannot tell you what joy I felt, and how my heart throbbed at the sight of your dear writing, at the reading of the first lines from you which have reached me since your arrival, that is, since two months ago. I share your suffering. Lucy. Continuation of my diary. Saturday, July 6th, 1895. Always this hideous life of suspicion, of continual surveillance— of a thousand daily pinpricks wrath is hot within me but out of respect for myself i give no outward sign of my feelings sunday july 7th 1895 the convicts have finished their labor at last so yesterday and today i have washed my towels cleansed my dishes with hot water and mended my linen which was in a pitiable state wednesday july 10th 1895 Every kind of vexation is being resumed worse than ever. I can no longer walk around my hut. I cannot sit down behind it in view of the sea, the only place where it is a little cool and where there is shade. Finally, I am put on convict diet. That is, no more coffee and no more sugar. A bit of bread of inferior quality every day. Twice a week, 250 grams, half a pound of meat. "'Possibly this new regime will also bring with it "'the suppression of the canned provisions I receive from Cayenne. "'Very well. I shall no longer leave my hut. "'I shall live on bread and water and make that last as long as it will. "'Friday, June twelfth, 1895. "'It seems that it is not the convict rations which are given me, "'but special rations for myself, "'also that I may continue to get from Cayenne some canned goods.' but all this is trivial it is the nerves and brain and heart that really suffer i can no longer sit in the only place where there is a little shade where the sea breeze blowing full in my face would echo in vibrations of my thought same day evening i have received my canned provisions from cayenne the martyrdom they make me endure is too fearful it is their duty to guard me to prevent my going away if so be that I have ever shown the intention, for the only thing I seek and wish is my honour. But I am followed everywhere. All I do is a matter of suspicion and rebuke. When I walk, they say I am tiring out the guard who must accompany me, and if I say that I will not leave my hut, they threaten to punish me. But in the end the day of light will come." Sunday july fourteenth eighteen ninety five i have looked at the tricolor flag floating everywhere the flag i have loyally served my pen falls from my fingers some feelings cannot be expressed in words end of section seven